0: ladies and gentlemen, Tony Basilio in the Raymere studio. Great, great. And I do mean great Friday to you. And, uh, wow, what a crazy week it's been around here, but, uh, yet we're here on a Friday and we're expecting storms and just looking on the weather channel at the storms a few seconds ago and they got Jim Cantore set up in Nashville, which is never a good thing. So. Prayers up to our friends in the midstate, and please, if you're out there and that stuff, please be careful. No matter where you're listening to us today, uh, because that is not obviously something to be trifled with. Uh, we've got a lot to get to today on the program. Nick Saban is pitching a literal fit, and who in the world, who in the world, feels sorry for Nick Saban? Because I'm having trouble today feeling sorry. For Nick Saban. Let me ask uh, Bino Jeff Henderson this morning. Bino, do you feel sorry for Nick Saban that he does not like what they've gotten through the grapevine that his draw is? Do you feel sorry for him, Bino Jeff Henderson? Uh, Tony,
1: since Roger's not with us anymore, I'm going to say yes. I feel sorry for Nick
2: Saban.
0: <laughs> I can I like him. so <laughs> come on, Bino. Come on, Roger. You can say something bad about Nick Saban. Come on, Roger. <laughs> um, Bino, I don't think the college football world's going to be crying for Nick Saban. Now, Mike Huguenin is going to join us on 3.com. Huggy, we're going to talk about, because cause we knew we were going to get, we had to get this stuff sooner or later. And then the nine-team conference schedule. looks like they're going to go to that model. So they're going to do the three plus six model each year for scheduling. Three fixed opponents. Nick Saban's fixed opponents, according to him. He's whining and crying to SI.com or LSU, Tennessee, Auburn. And he says that's a complete disparity. Uh, They're getting a short shrift. Uh, They're getting screwed by the league. Now, there's a lot of smoke around Tennessee. My belief personally is your belief, which is Tennessee's three opponents, Bino, uh, I I think our three
1: opponents will be Alabama and Vandy, and I'm not sure
0: of the third. It's Kentucky, I would believe. I don't think they're going to separate Tennessee and Kentucky. Now, there's a thought out there. And Tennessee's not saying, um, but there's a thought, and I, we're going to ask Hughie if he knows anything regarding any of this. Sonny Smith's going to join us, by the way, at noon. Uh, we'll talk about that really important game tomorrow down in the plains as the Vols close their uh, the Vols close their um, uh, their season um, regular season tomorrow. So we'll talk with Sonny, the former, the former Auburn head coach, and get his perspective on Bruce Pearl just having enough the other night, just totally unraveled. But the main event today is going to be this scheduled conversation. Uh, we knew we were going to start to hear some things. Apparently the ice is breaking. Is Nick Saban getting out in front of this? Here's my question. And this one we're going to park here with Hughie when we come back of on 3.com. The question is this, it's it's very simple. Did Nick Saban get a drip drive leak and want to get out in front of this thing and make this a Greg Sankey versus Me Deal? Okay? Which is a which is a possibility. That is a possibility that Nick Saban did that. Did Nick Saban do that in the spirit of you know, this is what I'm hearing. I'm going to go to the press. I'm going to put pressure on the commissioner to change this thing. Or is this a plan that's set in stone that the other um, now 15-league member institutions know about? You're dealing with a 16-team league now with Texas and Oklahoma joining the deal next year. And the truth is, and we'll talk with Hughie about this on the other side, When you seek to serve two masters, which is to say, and and Bino, I think you'd agree with this. When you get into the TV era and you decide that we're going to both honor tradition and radically change our conference the way that we are, Bino, there's really no way to serve two masters, is there? I mean, somebody inevitably or several teams are going to be upset about that, aren't they? Hang on a second. Hang on. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, sure. I I don't think that there's any way to divvy this up where everyone is going to be satisfied.
0: And and so, look, I, I just want to say this, okay? And I've got red on today, and I'm feeling red. I'll tell you this. If we're going to piss somebody off, and if somebody needs to get the shaft at the end of this, it's the Bammers. They can live with it for a while. They can live with playing LSU. They can live with playing an upstart Tennessee. They can live with playing what's left of Auburn. I mean, they can live with it. They've won enough. Okay? So for the next 10 years, let's just roll with this. And Saban, you just shut your pie hole. We'll talk with Mike Hugan, and he's on 3.com. We continue. to Friday edition after this. <laughs>
10: This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5, on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Coming to Star Theater in Pulaski, The Play That Goes Wrong, March 3rd, 4th, 5th, 10th, and 11th. When a ragtag theater troupe attempts to present your basic murder mystery, everything falls apart and quickly descends into a rollicking comedy so bad, it's good. Showtimes are 7 p.m., March 3rd, 4th, 10th, and 11th, with a 2 p.m. matinee, March 5th. For tickets, visit startheater.org. Don't miss The Play That Goes Wrong, March 3rd through 11th, at Star Theater, East Side of the Square, Downtown Pulaski.
5: This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. I'll Tell
0: you what's beautiful. Just hearing Nick Saban whine and cry. Mike Hugan is now joining me. He's on 3.com. Bino, Jeff Henderson, and Brian Hartman alongside. On a Friday, race fans, race fans, race fans, race fans. Mike Huganen, um, as I bring you in against the backdrop that Nick Saban is one unhappy, one unhappy and upset puppy uh, today. And I'm going to read to you uh, the SEC, uh, according to Ross Dellinger, over at um, Now or SI.com, says the following, Saban says the following to them. They're giving us Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU. I just don't know how they come to that. Sabin says it's not fair. He he doesn't think that's fair play. As Mike Huganen joins us on the TLD Logistics Hotline, tldlogistics.com. Mike Huganen, your thoughts on Nick Saban coming out? We don't even know. We don't even know who the teams are. He's already decrying it.
11: Yeah, and I think that, that's. I think every coach is going to be irritated for the most part because I think the bottom line is. Unless Vanderbilt is one of your annual opponents, uh, you're going to be playing three either really strong programs or three, three at the least three good programs. So, and it's, you know, does Sabin realize he plays those three teams every year anyway? And they have for since 1992. So, um, again, I think, if, you know, it's maybe if you get Missouri. Um, if you get South Carolina, maybe you're a little bit Mississippi State, you're a little bit, you're you're not as upset. But, you know, there's going to be teams, considering the strength of the SEC, you're going to get three opponents, if that's the way they choose to do it, and it appears that's the way they're going to do it. And plus, uh, I haven't seen any other coach say anything publicly about this, nor have I seen any report that says, the SEC has told each school which opponents, the proposal of which opponents are going to play annually. So I don't, know, I don't know if this is sort of saving trying to cut this off at the pass or whatever. But I mean, you know, if you're LSU, um, you could get Ole Miss, Alabama, and Texas A&M. If you're, if you're Texas, you could get Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. I mean, those are three hard games. And you're in the SEC, you're going to play hard games. Unless Vanderbilt, is one of your annual opponents. Um, you know, Mississippi State would be an opponent. I would imagine that Saban wouldn't have, uh, or anybody, frankly, would have that much. Oh, yeah, we got Mississippi State. Okay, that's good. But again, for the most part in the SEC, you're going to be playing three teams that are that are pretty good.
0: Great. Mike Hugan and joining us on 3.com, the website. Check them out. They've done and some also, ac- I mean, yeah.
11: if, if this were 2012 and Tennessee was on there, I don't think Saban would care. Because, let's get serious, the balls wandered the desert for 10 years in football. So everything is cyclical, and what might look to be difficult now might not be difficult in 10 years. And there, were, there was a time where if Alabama was on your schedule, that didn't bother you because they weren't very good. So, again, I think no matter what the SEC decides to do, there's going to be coaches, fan bases, administrators perturbed but you know if you're if you're Alabama you ain't getting Vandy, Kentucky and Mississippi State on an annual basis. So, that's the way it used to be when Bear Bryant was there. You know, people the SEC, you set your own schedule. As long as you played six, it didn't matter. That's why um I believe Bryant played Vanderbilt every single season he was at Alabama.
0: Wow, that's an inconvenient I think truth.
11: That's correct. That's an inconvenient truth. Then, um You know when Charlie Pell first got to Florida, Florida played Alabama. They hadn't played Alabama. I think they played them once in like twelve years or something. And that was back when the league was ten teams. So um, again, that just goes to show the vagaries of the conference scheduling model and the idea that no matter what happens in the SDC, chances are someone's going to be ticked off.
0: The great Mike Hugan joining, breaking it down scientifically. Uh, with us today on the program. So, Hughie, the thought is that Saban has gotten the master list, and that's what he's responding to. Either that, or he's heard a strong whisper, and he's responding to that. Because with all the boots you guys have on the ground, I mean, the Brent Hubs is here locally, he'd know who Tennessee's opponents are. I mean, he flies on the team jet, for crying out loud. He would know who the he would know, and they'd be reporting that. I don't see reporting
11: exactly that, that's on. What, that's
0: uh, I, that's right. why I don't believe the master list is out there yet.
11: No, I don't. I don't either. Again, it's hard to uh, it's hard to fathom, and and, and I, I think that Texas and Oklahoma would be on that master list as well because well, it's it's yes, it's there. So there might there's a there's been a lot of supposition, a lot of rumor, a lot of speculation. A lot of, I think this is going to happen, but it's hard for me to think that if, if this kind of information has gone out to every single school, there has been nothing written uh, along the lines of, that kind of stuff has gone out to every single school, because as you said, there's, there's the intensity with which SEC schools are covered in football is incredible. Um, and the idea that you know if oh they sent it to Alabama, they sent it to Florida, they sent it to Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Texas um, oh. the idea that nobody else would be writing about it yeah. that, that that sort of strange credulity
0: well and i was having a conversation with a with a great source of mine who was saying i think the 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 list exists and i told them i don't think it does because if it existed we'd know about it and here's right, that, why here's right. why These situations are way too competitive, and there's too much um, scrutiny, and there's too much, too many people want to know, and you would have some kind of reporting uh, one way or another. So here's a question for you. Satan's a smart guy. What's he trying to do here? Because here's what he inevitably is going to do. Let's say there is a list. Let's say there was a whisper. Let's say there's a working list that, you know, it's not not hard news enough to report it, yet this is who the assignments look like they're going to be. And the other member schools in the league have sort of a working list. Okay, let's say they're working through this. Nick Saban coming out against the commissioner—that's not how you get things changed, unless you want to make the commissioner look like he's your puppet. Maybe Saban thinks he's that powerful. What, what's what's Saban doing here? Do you think he's yeah, a smart guy?
11: Yeah, I mean uh, he can. I, I don't know. I don't know what his long game is here, or, or if it's a short game. And again, I, I don't. If you, I think the the obvious three for Alabama, two of the obvious three for Alabama are. Auburn in Tennessee, okay, that, that that's a given. Um, and you know, the other one, you know, is it going to be Oklahoma? Is it going to be Texas? Texas a LSU, Mississippi State, Mississippi. I, that's the thing. So maybe he's trying to sort of again cut things off at the pass and say we don't want to play LSU annually. We want somebody else. We want an easier right school than LSU. But again, if you're trying to give everybody two quote-unquote difficult schools and one quote-unquote easy school, well, then that means the easy, the quote-unquote easy schools are going to have three monsters on their schedule on an annual basis, and that's not going to go over well either.
0: I was talking with Bino about this a second ago. Look, when you're in the SEC... you got to suck it up. Well, that's right. And you're in the money era, okay? The commissioner, you, you can't rob Paul and pay Peter. It doesn't work. So if you're in the money era and you want to adhere to some semblance of tradition, you're going to upset some people. It's just the way it is. And it's going to be inequitable. The only way it's not going to be inequitable is if you go to an NFL rule where, depending on how you finish the last season, we have a mathematical formula, and this is your schedule. And some people, like Vanderbilt, get to play easy schedules every year. And the teams like Alabama are going to play really hard schedules anyway. So I don't know what Saban... And and under the NFL model, if you went with that, you would still form a division if you wanted to call it that, which is what this essentially is. Even though you're not playing for it, you're not playing for a division title. But by grouping these teams together for scheduling purposes, that essentially is what a division is. So I mean, I don't know what a Nick Saban wants. I I don't understand what the goal is here.
11: Right. And I think again, presumably. No one in Alabama cares that Auburn and Tennessee would be annual opponents because right. of the the nature of those two rivalries. Right. Alabama LSU they've played every year since 1992, um, and that has become a marquee game mm-hmm. on the college football schedule. Okay. So, um, and let's get also don't forget the part that TV plays in this. Mm-hmm. TV. We, we uh, I work with Eric Prisble. He and this is the quote he He's got in 2021, that will be in place forever. The networks pay big money to show Michigan versus Ohio State. They don't pay big money to show Ohio State versus the Rutgers. So, I can't remember, the, maybe it might have been Maryland was the team, and mm-hmm. not Rutgers, but the point is the same. Mm-hmm. You, want, you want Blue Bloods playing Blue Bloods, and if you're if you're ESPN and you're and Saban's saying we, we don't want to play LSU annually we want to play Mississippi State annually my reaction i think I'm sorry my supposition would be that ESPN's reaction is we don't want to show Alabama Mississippi State cuz it'll be a noon game on a Saturday we want to show Alabama LSU because it'll be a night game on Saturday so, I'm sure TV has something to say about this as well. Again, if you're in the SEC, you, you sort of got to realize that we're going to have a tough schedule, but unless you have Vanderbilt on it. And I guess if you want to, you know, sort of separate the teams, Vandy, Mississippi State, Missouri, I don't know, South, where would South Carolina fall? Where would Kentucky fall? Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, you're sort of stuck in a lot of respects.
0: Bino, Jeff Henderson, jump in here with the great Mike Hugan And go ahead, Bino. Mike, I think
1: most conferences now, the SEC may be getting a little top-heavy after Oklahoma and Texas come in. But I think most conferences you can draw a line in the middle, and you got halves, and you have have-nots. When you have an even number of permanent opponents, uh, then it's easy. You get one have and one have-not. When you go to three, it's not easy. So I've got the solution for them. Go to ten SEC games, play four permanent opponents. Then you have two halves and two have-nots.
11: I don't think any SEC coach would sign off on ten conference ten conference games. Um, it, it's interesting that the the ACC and the SEC are the only leagues that that play eight. Um, and the, uh, obviously the SEC is going to ha- it has to go to nine. And my presumption will be the ACC will follow. Um, it, it's Ugh. not uh, coincidental that. The ACC and SEC, the two leagues that have them play the most non-conference opponents for each, also play the most FCS votes. There's, yeah. there's a cause. Was it correlation or cause?
0: Cause, cause and recently.
11: effect. Yeah, there's a, there's a reason that's in place. So um, again, I think going to nine is is tough enough. But it's again, it's it, no matter what, coaches are going to be kicked because <laughs> if you're Mississippi State and you get. If you get, you're going to get Ole Miss. Um, if you get Alabama, because Alabama wants an easy opponent, and you get Georgia, because Georgia wants an easy opponent. Wait a second here. We're playing two top ten teams on, on annually. That's not fair. So again, a- every coach I think is going to is going to be peeved, missed, irked, whatever word you want to use about the permanent opponent. So again, and again, the whole idea about. Oh, my God, you got to play Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU annually. That's not fair. Well, you've been doing it for 31 years already.
12: Go back to LSU and Alabama actually have played every year since 1964. Okay. Wow. So
11: what is so,
0: he, um, What is this guy
12: crying about? I so mean, that's, what, 50, that's 50, not 58,
11: 59 seasons. What man, in the world? Because we have always played Auburn. Yeah. and you know they've always played Tennessee. Yeah. So since 1964, they've played those three schools. That's the modern era. Yeah, right Post right. the bat,
0: black athlete. Hell, that's
11: yeah. a, that's a pre that's pre integration for God. That's name. the point. No, so, exactly. That's a long time ago. Yeah. So that sort of that. Frankly, if if there's a news conference and something goes off on that, I would stand up and raise my hand. Coach, you do realize, right, that Alabama has played all three of those opponents every single season since 1964.
0: That's very that, good, that, Brian. That
11: should stop the conversation.
0: Brian, that's very, very, very interesting. Now, you're you guys over at on three. Acquired a, and a memo leaked out from the ACC. I, listen, I love this interconference drama stuff, and you, you mentioned the ACC before, and I, I could just imagine telling their season ticket buyer that they're going to go to like ten league games. I mean, you would have to offer a rebate to those people to sit through 10 ACC football games. No offense to that league. But, Hughie, that's very interesting to see uh, kind of the inner workings, isn't it, with that memo?
11: Yeah, and the interesting thing about the memo, it was an an internal ACC memo written by a lawyer contracted by the ACC. But that lawyer worked for almost two decades with the Big Ten, including he was involved in the formation of the Big Ten Network, and the expansion that brought in Maryland and Rutgers. And I'm thinking he was a college uh, friend of Jim Delaney because both these guys went to North Carolina, and obviously Delaney was the Big Ten commissioner. And the the memo also pointed out about a 1,000 times that each of the Power Five conferences had a working group, and the working groups from each of the five found common ground in five what they considered must-haves. And interestingly, three of the must-haves were, we don't want this. And what they did not want was players becoming college student-athletes being classified as employees, Mm. granting NIL rights in media telecasts, and... Nil or third-party payments being used as recruiting inducements. And frankly I think even fans are fine with the you know yeah we don't want we don't want the pay-for-play aspect. but it's and they also wanted federal federal legislation to pre- preempt all state law on Nil. In other words, we don't care if Florida, Georgia, Texas, Tennessee, and Louisiana all have separate laws on Nil. We want a federal law that supersedes all of it. And the last one, of course, was they wanted um, antitrust protection. And I'm reading the memo thinking, Mm -hmm. you know something? When I was six years old, I asked Santa for a rocket, a million dollars, and a horse. (laughs) And, you know, Santa shook his head. Sure, no problem, kid. And I'm sure he was rolling his eyes. But to me, the Power Five conferences are like that six-year-old at Christmas asking for Absolute pie in the sky gifts that deep down inside, if they thought about it for yeah. a half second, would realize, you know, something, we ain't getting these things. Let's get serious here. Um, but, you know, m- maybe they do get a, a, a federal law, a federal NIL law superseding all the other ones, but it's, it, I, it's a lot of this stuff just makes you roll your
0: eyes. Mike Hugan, and breaking it down scientifically on 3.com. And so against that backdrop. You won the rocket, a million dollars on a horse. Clemson and I got, Florida I got a State
11: football helmet and yeah. baseball card yeah. and underwear. So yeah. Hey,
0: man, it's great. Merry Christmas to you. Clemson uh, wants an SEC share and Florida State wants an SEC size share of TV revenue while they're playing in what would be generally or or charitably referred to as a second-rate power league in college football. I mean, they're doing the same thing. They're on Santa Claus's lap, agitating, saying we can't keep up with the Joneses. Well, you're not in the Joneses' league. I mean, help me
11: out here. It's interesting that the the FSU AD mentioned this after FSU won 10 games. He wasn't mentioning this when FSU went three years with one bowl appearance and never won more than six games. So, um, and I think that he has made public what ACC ads have been saying privately. We are in a extremely bad situation with our media rights deal, which doesn't end until twenty thirty six. There were numerous reasons to sign that when it occurred, when the negotiations happened but given the way college athletics works perhaps there have been should have been a little bit more foresight and you realize what what is what is today might not be what is tomorrow so we we should not be signing a 20 you know i think it was an 18 or 19 year deal and yeah the ACC schools are behind the eight ball And I guess if you're Florida State and you're Clemson, um, you know, right now the two largest TV draws for that league, and Miami's another one. The old Miami games have not been well watched recently because Miami's not any good. So um, you can understand their concern about their futures, but I, I, you know, this is like, this would be like telling uh, Wake Forest and Boston College and Pitt, well, you know, you've been getting 20 million bucks. From our media rights deal annually, well, we're going to cut that to sixteen, and we're going to give those that extra twelve million to Clemson and to Florida State.
0: So they don't lose. So they don't lead the league. I'm telling you, the guy, the the guy in the Big Twelve is not from. He's not cut from a cloth. Where he's a lifetime college guy, he's pro guy. He's already done some things to shake some things up. I think he's got some folks nervous out there. And Hughie, it would not be if he if, if he got smart, grabbing those two teams and putting them in his league would be pretty darn would be a pretty darn little um, swipe, and, and it would yeah. help their TV a uh, gravitas, wouldn't you think?
11: Yes, but uh, it, uh, you'd the would grant of because, rights because the way the media rights the, the yeah. grant of rights is right. written, you got to yeah. pay it, those schools have to pay a hell of a lot of money to get right
13: out. right right,
11: and I think it was FSU saying we'd have to pay a hundred. $120 million
13: or something.
0: Do, do you, you know? think there's a time, though, hear, hear me out here, where, where our league and these power schools go to the Vanderbilts and say, why aren't we giving you an equal share? Well,
11: that's, that, that goes back to what I said before about yeah. if you're if you're buying Big Ten media rights, you ain't buying them to show games involving Rutgers and Maryland. Um, and if you're buying SEC TV rights, you're not buying them to show Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Mississippi State. So um, that, that's – and, uh, you know, we, you and I discussed this before. Yeah. If you were building new conferences today, right? what – you know, I, take away the fact that Ole Miss and Mississippi State have been in the SEC forever. What exactly did they bring to the table? In today's economic college athletics realm, Nothing
0: some hick fans you know Hughie. we were talking about well like vanderbilt right if you were to look at vanderbilt in basketball and football and you were to say okay we're going to divvy you up a cut what's fair once one one, once 175th you know what i mean like i'm not giving bino are we giving vanderbilt a 116th share based on what they bring to the league i mean they're in Nashville, and, and Hughie lived in Nashville. Nobody cares about them in Nashville. No, and you, Nobody.
11: I, I went to a couple of Vanderbilt games where there were more fans of the opposing team. Hello. It was a great road trip because Nashville is a cool city. Exactly. And tickets, tickets are plentiful.
0: One one-fortieth of a share, one one-fifth of a share. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm and just and asking. That, and
11: that's, that's and, you know, you, you look at the idea that UCS is going to be in the Big 12. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was f- strictly from a media market play. Orlando mm-hmm. is a mm-hmm. top twenty-five media market. Mm-hmm. They p- they added Houston to the Big Twelve. One of the I think it's a top six or seven media market. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati is a top thirty-five media market. Um, that's and the idea that the Pac-12 might add SMU and San Diego State now, the Southern California TV market and the Dallas TV market. Though though obviously the argument is well. Yes, big media markets, but no one cares about those teams. The, the entire state of Mississippi has how many? I don't even know how many million people it has. It has fewer people in the entire state, I think, than Houston, the city of Houston. Houston and its, the Houston standard metropolitan area, or however they call it. So that's, you know, I, again, I got nothing against Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Uh, you know, both have some interesting tradition in football, Mississippi State in basketball, baseball phenomenal baseball programs blah 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 baseball doesn't mean Jack today um, and sorry Berkey. It's, it's all about media markets that's why Rutgers is in the big ten that's why USD and UCLA are in the big Ten and what's the largest media market in in Mississippi Jackson what is Jackson I mean I mean I don't I don't know so again that's that's it, it, again if you were building a new conference
0: spitting facts
11: you would not have Vanderbilt in it you would not have Mississippi, Mississippi State in it. I'm not convinced you would have South Carolina in it. If you're the if you're the eight if you're the SEC building a new league, you would much rather have North Carolina than South Carolina.
0: You're, you are, Hughie. If they want to interact with you or read your work, how do they do it? And I appreciate that. Thanks for spitting faxes on a Friday with us.
11: Yeah, on three. On oh, the numeral three dot com. Mm, huge amount of recruiting news today because if you follow college football. You know that more and more kids are they're dropping their top 5s. They're making plans for visits. They want to get all their they want to commit before the summer starts or commit yep. before the season starts. So the recruiting calendar's sped up. Um, we, we do a ton on college sports business. We have a five-man staff that covers college sports business. A story today, we talked to some crisis management uh, professionals about the way Alabama has handled uh, the Brandon Miller situation. Mm-hmm. They, the experts, were not kind oh, with the way they handled it. The Atrocious. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff going on in, in college athletics. Right
0: how about now. them? How about gone. him going out and getting frisked last week as an introduction? I know he was doing it all year. How about the school not even having enough well, foresight after right. mismanaging that to let that go on on a basketball floor, right. Hughie? Not-
11: Two of, the, two of the people we quoted, we quoted five or six, two of them said, you know, what? what I don't want to laugh, but I think the reaction was, what the heck were they thinking? How do you not step up and say, yes, you've been doing this all year, but you ain't doing it anymore?
12: Anymore. So, right. And, and by the way... And
0: then his coach coming out and go, well you know I just didn't know I, I've been per- what? you didn't That's know
11: you didn't know attention coach, I'm not sure how much attention coach is
0: Yeah, but the point to. the point is
11: should somebody should have as Oates said, thank you. As, us as adults in the room should have uh, not let this happen. Yeah, exactly right, but that, that compounded the entire problem and you know Alabama is a phenomenal basketball team.
13: They might win they the whole gonna, thing. They would,
11: have, they would have been in the spotlight anyway because yep. this is March and they have a chance yep. to win the national title. They're in the spotlight now for the wrong reasons. And man, it's only going to get brighter and brighter the further they go in the
0: tournament. The numeral, the numeral, it's on the numeral3.com, the great Mike Huganon on Fridays. Thank you, brother. All right, talk to you next week. Thanks. Peace. And he appeared, ladies and gentlemen, on the TLD Logistics Hotline, TLDLogistics.com more than just a trucking company tld logistics does everything whatever your challenge is relating to shipping you call tld logistics they're going to figure it out from there online tldlogistics.com know, Jeff um, this conference agitation stuff's really interesting and there will come a day where the league commissioner is going to look at vanderbilt and say you know what alabama and tennessee and auburn and they they want a little more and here's your portion and what's Vanderbilt going to do, Bino? Uh,
1: they're going to stay and take whatever they're given. That's exactly right. Because they'll never make that much anywhere else.
0: And that is, it's really interesting to see Clemson out there agitating, saying, hey, wait a second here. What? Why are we giving Boston College up there in Chestnut Hill? They can't even draw flies when we're on television. All right, Bino, I'm going to ask you something now. Sonny Smith's going to join us here in about 15, about 20, roughly 20. Do you believe tomorrow that Tennessee's going to walk into a place where they're not going to get one call in the world, or do you believe that the refs are going to tee Pearl up early because of his outburst on the radio the other day and to the press?
1: Uh, I I would probably, uh, although uh, most of the things that we heard yesterday on your show suggest otherwise, uh, I'm going to guess that that's yet another intangible that's going to go against Tennessee tomorrow in that spot.
0: 865-200-5402.
12: I wanted to let everyone know there is a tornado watch for most of the Tennessee Valley until 5 o'clock today. And I wanted so be to be careful.
0: And I wanted to let everybody know that Jim Cantore is down in Nashville doing stand ups, and that's never a good sign because the weather changes. And I want to let her,
12: that's everyone know that uh, Brady Hoke wants to receive the kickoff.
0: <laughs> that's a great line. Brady Hoke is down there. He's going to stand. He stands with Cantori today. He stands with Cantori. Today. And, Brian, that was uh, good work of you to pull up exactly what you pulled up. Former Val Quentin Dormady today is not adorned in glory, Vino. Can I get one XFL snooze note and snug it in here? Please. The Guardians have cut Quentin Dormady and wiped him from all their social media, wiped his statistics, wiped him out. He allegedly gave an opposing team the Guardians playbook. The team heard about it, they investigated, and they released Dormady. His stats have been removed from the XFL website. Quentin Dormady never existed.
12: Good luck trying to catch on anywhere else.
0: What, what do you think Quentin Dormady's purpose was, was in doing that?
1: Uh, I have no idea, Tony. He was obviously upset about something. Um,
12: I don't think anybody gave him a ton of money to do that, did they?
0: Hendon Hooker was asked at the NFL draft. I mean, at the uh, NFL combine. Football outsiders Mike Tanier quoting Hendon Hooker a few moments ago as saying. from an NFL reporter, asked Hendon Hooker, "That what about the knock that you were in a one-read offense?" And Hendon Hooker said, "Look, it's not my fault. The first read was always open." <laughs> Pretty good answer. Bino, in your humble opinion, is Hendon Hooker going to play in the NFL? Uh, yes,
1: Hendon Hooker will play in the NFL. Long, I have uh, long career uh, or not so him much. for the last time. Long career or not so much? Uh, long career, maybe uh, not uh, not a whole lot of games started, but long career.
0: Kind of Dobbs esque Yes. Back to the phones We. Get. How about Quentin Dormady, do you believe that he catches on with an NFL team in light of today's development or yesterday's development?
1: Not unless uh, Jack Sales
0: gets a head coaching job. <laughs> <up there. laughs> And to the kids, look up Jack Sells, because Bino Jeff Henderson's delivering the goods this morning. Hello and welcome into our first call. What's up? Hey Leroy, how we doing, buddy? Leroy freaking Williams.
1: When is the funeral?
0: Oh, okay. The funeral for Roger, Leroy it is uh let me see if I can find this, buddy. Um so I tweeted it out this morning and I sent it to several people. Um Okay. Roger Davis's funeral they're receiving friends at First Apostolic Church on Pleasant Ridge Road in Knoxville. The information is over at tclub.team if you want to see it this morning. I It said tentative plans, but these are the plans. The receiving of friends, Leroy, is going to be from 5 to 6.30. The service is going to commence at 6.30 for Roger. And, Leroy, you were always so good to Roger. You would oh, you would get go him get him and take partner. him places. He was your guy, wasn't he?
7: Yeah, I'd go pick him up and bring him down to the chicken wing place. You got and, uh, it. When, when you were down there on you the got it. show. You got it. Yes, sir.
0: And I would buy your lunch, wouldn't I, Leroy? Yes, sir. Interesting. I got
1: that girl's email address. You want it? Did she get the tickets? I don't. Well, we, you know, we, you take that, get her email.
0: I, I, we emailed her the tickets, Leroy. Did she get them? Well, I didn't get your email. You haven't gotten it. That means that Laura has fallen down on the job. Cause I just got an email. I am gonna give it to you today. Oh, you just got her email. Okay, so, Beano, I'm blaming Laura for something she didn't do. Yeah. It's right. just another day on the Basilio show. All right, hang on one second here. Let me see if I can get Laura's attention. Give me one second. Uh, Leroy, hang on. This it's a family affair. It's a family affair. Hang on, Leroy. Who made Family Affair? Do you remember that jam back in the day? Which one? Family Affair. It's a family oh, affair. Yeah. Who made it? I can't recall, but I remember the song. Bino who made the Family Stone. Whose real name is Bino Sylvester. What? What's his real name? I've forgotten. Do you know, Leroy, what Sly Stone's real name is? I think it's Sylvester Stewart. Uh, No, sir. Leroy, who made family, sir? Do you remember that jam back there? Are you ready for an email? Well, Laura hasn't answered. Bino, should we take the email on the air or off the air? Let's get our next call in. Leroy, hang right there. Laura, he's on line three, if you could help him. She didn't pick up. I guess she decided she she didn't want to do a radio game. Hello and welcome in. I don't know if Laura's ever been on the air. Uh, But Leroy's on three, if you can get his information, please. Uh, Hello to our next caller. Welcome in. Hey, Tony. Yeah, hi. Welcome in.
14: Hey, thanks for taking my call. Thank you. You know, I think about these referees. How do they get picked to, to do the other tournaments? Do they get graded, whatever? Oh, yeah. Okay, so they better do a pretty good job Saturday they want to move on and do some other work, right?
0: Good point. Or they might get some marching orders, like Bino kind of thinks. Bino, you think they're getting get some marching orders, don't you?
1: Uh, I don't know if they're getting marching orders or not, Tony, but I I think they're human beings, uh, and uh, they subconsciously kind of try to even think of... I lose
7: you.
0: Go ahead, Collar. Anything else for us, my friend?
14: Well, no, I just uh, Roger. Uh, I'm praying for him and his family, and I, you know, I I remember being listening to Roger, and and I got to confess it was really hard sometimes to listen to him. But after a while, you start getting that – listen to him. His points he had, he had a great
10: points, a good loving soul. And I appreciate you taking my call, Tony.
0: Thank you, my brother. Good talking to you. John Adams wrote an incredible piece on Roger today. Bino, did you read John's piece on Roger today? And they they ran it on the front page of the knoxville news sentinel roger's like the mayor of knoxville he's the unofficial mayor uh hello and welcome into our next call on a friday hi
9: hey tom be brownie it's justin how y'all doing? hey
0: justin welcome in and hey. you were so good to uh roger as well justin that autographed uh, uh shirt you brought him was so valued by him
9: well that that shirt was just a small thing for everything that he gave us uh when I remember when we took him that shirt, it, he was so tickled. And it, it actually, you know, I mean, getting to show my son how, how to treat other people. It's, it's helped him in ways like that, you know, and he, he was just amazed. And then like when my son got to sit in with you and Bino on that uh, remote this year, uh, was it before the Florida game? Was that it at Calhoun's? I think it was before yes, the Florida game. Sure was. And uh, he went down there, and we we got to talk to Raj. He was there eating, and uh, Raj got up and gave us both a big hug. You know, it, it was great. But uh, one of my favorite stories of Raj, uh, me and Owen came to Corner Sixteen for a basketball watch party one time, and uh, you were making the rounds, uh, talking to people, mingling and stuff. And you walked over to Raj, and he had a big old plate of them boneless chicken tenders. Well, that Thunder Road sauce, and you reached to get one. And buddy, I thought Roger was going to rip your hand off. He did not want you messing with his chicken, man. And uh, you, you was just messing with him and teasing him, man. He, he was. It was so great, but uh, he will be greatly missed. And like you said, that uh, that column from uh, John Adams was awesome. Uh, I read it this morning. It was, it was great. Uh, real quick, one thing I want to touch on. Uh, I, I, I thought. Byron Young could possibly be a, you know, around third round draft pick. What do you think he's done with his draft stock after the way he performed yesterday at the uh, what they like to call the pajama Olympics? I guess, but I mean, he's top five in all the all the skills stuff they put him through.
0: Yeah, he's got the Mike Mamola uh, yeah. award this exactly. year. You know, which is why he was expected to be dominant at this level. Bino, are you buyer beware on that guy? Or are you, uh, if you're an NFL, or, or is he going to fit right in in that game and, and flourish at that level? What do you think?
1: Uh, I think he's going to be a really good NFL player, Tony. Well, one yep. more thing. Like I, I'm sitting here
9: watching, watching the NFL network yep. and watching scroll through. Even, uh, even Banks had a good day with all the, all the workouts. Man. Yep. And I wasn't sure Banks would even get drafted.
0: No, I thought he'd be an XFL player or a USFL player.
9: He, I thought he might sign a free agent sale, get to go to a camp and, like you said, wind up in a USFL yep. or XFL and I have to play his way in. He's worth to being drafted with those, with those, with showing how athletic he is and yep. how quick he was. I think he was the third or fourth fastest linebacker. So, I mean, he could, I remember you and, uh, I don't know if it was Ewad or Dixie or who's saying this year, he could make himself a great living being a special teams guy. The There's no
0: question. The that he could be an Ike Reese. The yeah, the, the I, deal I, I with I, him, uh, the deal with him is going to be: can he keep the tires on emotionally yeah, and mentally? Exactly right. And at that level, they will heavily investigate. I know he's out there telling his side of the story of what happened that week when he had his meltdown. But the needless to say, before the NFL spends a draft asset on him, even a sixth-round pick, if it came to that, they would have to be um, comfortable that they're getting somebody who's trustworthy. And to be quite frankly be quite frank with you, I don't know that that's the case with him. It's not for me to say, I'm not paid to do that. I don't know that I would draft him. I'm not knocking the guy. Good, good luck to him
9: it exactly and if but like we said we we weren't sure if he would even be drafted that's right i mean with with his workouts he could have worked his way in the six six round Uh, again
14: there's
0: a lot of guys with a lot of physical skill justin okay yep that aren't in the nfl
9: that's exactly right okay but uh i I want to uh thank you for the show the other day uh the three hours y'all dedicated roger it was great i caught myself crying two or three different times at work but uh you know, it, it, it's just been uh, a blessing to me just getting to know Raj. And uh, thank you for introducing me to him a few years ago with that basketball watch party and stuff like that, man. But it, it's going to be a little darker world without him. But uh, I, I feel like a better person for getting to know him. And thank you for introducing me. And uh, hope you all have a good And I love you all. I mean,
13: boys.
0: Thank you. The young guy is a very talented player, Bino, no question. Now, he's got. To the, for the NFL game, he's got tantalizing ability, and those ends that are uber athletes like him are those guys are very precious at that level. He might have made himself a lot of money yesterday. Yeah, I, I
1: I think the road that he had to take to get there, Tony, is uh, is another big thing for him. I I I, I just think he's going to be able to persevere through what you have to do to be yes. an NFL football player.
0: Yeah, it's um, that's right. That's right. He's been through a lot, man. That's a that's a great story. That's a kid that was uh, on the outside looking in. Said, you know what? I'm gonna roll a dice. I'm gonna go back to school. I'm sitting here working a straight job. What was the? Uh, I've asked you, I ask you this all the time. In that Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes tune, what's he say? Be now. All the overtime I can stand. What was the? Yeah. I he says, I-, I know this is going to knock you dead, but
1: I went out and got a gig. A gig. Oh, for God, not hip to the hip talk. <laughs> Just play JLB, baby. Got eight hours a day. All- over time, I can get
0: Right in the middle of the old 70s songs, there was a period where, like in a couple of those chai tunes, he goes, I was sitting in the park. It was in the middle of O-Girl. Uh, right beginning of the o- O-Girl, they have this, like, little talk part. It was... uh." I don't know, was it a precursor to the to the hip hop movement where we were talking in the in the middle of our slow jam soul songs back then? But everybody was doing it. And I gotta say, in the in the immortal words of my brother Steve, I am for it. And uh we're gonna take a brief time out. Sonny Smith's gonna join. Those of you that are on hold, I'll get to you when Sonny Smith concludes, but in the meantime, get a brief time out in. Sonny Smith joins On the other side, as we continue, it's your Tony Basilio show, breaking it down scientifically with you on a Friday after this.
15: This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. t Willy, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee.
10: This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5, on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour.
6: one, Come to the 2023 Mule
1: Day Auctioneer Championship, hosted by the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club, benefiting their college scholarship fund. Outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Champion. The event will be held at the Tennessee Livestock Sale Barn at 1231 Industrial Park Road, Columbia, Tennessee, starting at
6: 11 a.m. Hope to see you there. 31.b.littlewell.net. 31. 31. 1.b.l.
2: Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face-off against Austin P starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State versus Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on-site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Mid-State Classic, March 15th. See you at the game murray county volunteer firefighters are hosting their annual mulch sale fundraiser
10: saturday march 4th beginning at 8 a.m locals can drive through station 12 and purchase black brown or red mulch in support of murray county fire volunteer personnel this fundraiser will directly
11: support and equip murray county volunteer firefighters to serve our community join us at 1180 carters
18: creek pipe on march 4th or visit murraycountyfiretn.org that's murraycountyfiretn.org
6: This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.
0: I'm super legal today. Maybe because uh, during the Roy Jones Jr. fight, it might not be, well, never mind. It might not be legal uh, the way I'm going to (laughs) receive I'm a nut. No, it's not Roy Joe Jr. Jo. It's Bones Jones. It's the Joe. Jo- what am I doing? I'm mixing my sports here. Where did I get that? Are y'all I watching the um, Jones fight? Are y'all going to watch the Jones fight? By the way, Sonny someone, Smith uh, sends his regards. Somebody called Roy Jones Jr. Roy Jones Jr. on the air once. That would have been me, I'm sure. Sonny Smith was set to join us on the TLD Logistics Hotline online at tldlogistics.com. I'm talking to Sonny. Sonny, how you doing? Tony Bissot. Oh, hey, Tone. Hey, listen, man. Um, I got a problem here. I'm at the tip off club. We're, we're selling a book. I got some people here. I have a speech. To, I said, Sonny, go in peace, brother, to love and serve the Lord. Y- you are, you are free. We'll catch up with you next week. So, Bino is in for Sonny Smith today. Bino, are you ready?
1: I'm ready, Tony. No, uh, no Sunny on the show or outside for the rest of the
0: day. Boy, it really feels weird outside. Now, Brian just said there's a tornado something-something for the area for a while here all across the southeast. The, the weather is just, you can just feel it out there. It's very ominous and eerie feeling. I don't like it. Bino, you know, welcome to the program. Appreciate you stepping in for Sonny Smith today on uh, TLD Logistics Hotline. If you're an owner operator, we've got a spot for you on our team. Contact TLD Logistics online at tldlogistics.com. And Coach Henderson, the first thing I want to do as I welcome you in is say Bruce Pearl's eruption the other night on the post game. Do you think? that was in part calculated, or do you think that was just him having enough? No, I I think he just snapped, Tony. Uh,
1: And you guys talked about it on the show yesterday. I I can remember – I couldn't remember the specific instances, but I knew there had been several times this year uh, when they had gotten uh, some pretty strange officiating toward the end of the game including us fouling a three-point shooter uh, at the end of our game with him. Um, I think it's just been one of those years when it's just built up and built up and built up. He knew how important that Alabama game was, and he he just snapped. I don't think there was anything calculated about it. I, I think he was fine to do that while there were still some Alabama fans hanging around there because I think he wanted them to know.
0: Well, and he was extremely demonstrative. He was on the court all night, which is a new thing they've allowed these coaches to do. Have you guys noticed that, that they've um, coached Henderson in your day when you coached Charles Barkley and Chuck Person and uh, the likes of John Kalor uh, from uh, right up the road here where you're from? Would you, Coach, you would have gotten teed up I mean, if you were on the floor as much as Bruce was here tonight, and he's got that bad hip, and he's out there hobbling around, but he's, he's at the timeline half the time. Uh, coach Henderson? Uh, yeah. I, I think if coaches are going to be allowed
1: out on the floor, they should probably be a little bit more athletic than Bruce, Bruce is at this
0: point. Coach Henderson, I want to read a, something uh, that you might be you- hear
12: where the uh, – Alabama fans
0: were serenading him with Bruce's fat. Coach uh Henderson, what do you think of the Alabama fans making fun of uh Bruce Pearl's girth? He certainly added a few lbs since he's been here.
1: Yeah, I I uh I would think that as Auburn's coach, you you would uh expect that going into uh Alabama where um Everyone is a
0: model of physical
1: fitness. If you've seen Derek, their-
0: <laughs> well, you know, you know, Coach. At least, at least, they didn't frisk Brandon Miller before he walked on the floor the other night. Was that a concern of yours, Coach? That he didn't get frisked? Uh, he'll certainly be frisked when he comes uh, the next time to Auburn, Coach. Does um, this- his teammates, Coach uh, Nick Saban? is decrying the fact that he has to play LSU in Tennessee every year, perhaps as part of the assignments from the league. Just from your perspective, having watched Nick Saban, what what do you think that's about? And prior, it, prior to Heupel's arrival, would he be complaining about having to play Tennessee?
1: Uh, absolutely not. Um, that... Uh and I think that he has – I think that someone has leaked to him what's going to happen, that no one had the opportunity to hear. Coach, and Brian is yeah. correct. Brian's exactly right. Uh, I'm an old man. I don't ever remember Alabama not playing those three teams.
0: Coach, do you um think tomorrow Tony Jones – told me on here several years ago, and I think it's right. When you have an injury, you have a suspension. The first game that a team is without a star player, they're going to ball out. It's the second game when they crash. Now, ZZ got hurt in the first three minutes of the game the other day, and Tennessee took off. They took off. They took off so much that Jimmy Dykes couldn't come up with enough sayings to describe the level of play that they took off, the level of elevation. And so I ask you this, Coach. uh, Do you think that was the one game, or is this the game, uh, their first game? Do you count that as the first game, or do you count tomorrow as the first game? How should we look at tomorrow? Can we expect them to come back down to earth, or do they – Ascend tomorrow in honor of ZZ not being there. What do you think, Coach?
1: I think tomorrow
0: is the more difficult one uh,
1: because tomorrow will be the first one that they've actually somewhat prepared and the opponent is prepared uh, for ZZ not being there. Um, I, the first game totally without him, I think, is the most difficult
0: Coach Jeff Henderson in for Coach Sonny Smith, who was unable to be with us today. Coach Jeff Henderson, as we conclude the segment, is there anything else you'd care to add on tomorrow's game? Uh, Just that
1: I've been scared of this game for a month, uh, and nothing's changed for me. I think they have every intangible in the work on their side. Uh, Maybe they were totally deflated by that Alabama game, but I don't think so. I think we'll get Auburn's best effort. I think it's going to be an extremely difficult task for Tennessee to win tomorrow.
0: Coach, um, great job by you. Brian Hartman, I would say the one thing that the coach brought up there, the one intangible Auburn doesn't have is they have one of the dumber basketball teams that's ever walked the face of the earth. No offense to them. They had a 17-point lead the other night because they were so erratic and goofy. That thing evaporated, and plus the officiating was horrendous, but that thing evaporated like it wasn't even there.
12: Yeah, when you have those guards and they play, they can be so great, but they can shoot you out of the game and they can shoot you right back in it as quickly as they can shoot you out of it. And they can turn it over, too, which leads to points the other way. So... It'll be interesting with Tennessee's length now they're longer. If they can defend those guards, how they defend them, because I think a length could give those guys problems. Uh don't forget about the defensive Tennessee on defense is gonna still be in games because they're gonna you're not gonna score. You're gonna struggle to get in the sixties against them, most teams. And that, that's that's enough to where offensively you can you can figure out a way to, to score if you can push seventy consistently, offensively, you're going to be have a chance late to win most games you play. So I'm still encouraged by what could happen. I hate it for ZZ, but, you know, you get Phillips back, you get Key back, you get uh, more contributions from Meshack. Don't, ride, don't throw in the towel is what I'm trying to say.
0: Bino, do you share Brian's optimism? Because I was told today by someone we all know that the Vols are going to take off without ZZ. They're That the seniors are going to buy in and they're going to rally around this and they're getting ready to explode and show us something we haven't seen. You ready to go there? Sounds like I, Brian
1: I, is. I, I, share Brian's, I share Brian's hope, uh, but I don't share the enthusiasm that they're going to take off without ZZ, and I don't share the opinion that they're better than without ZZ than they are with it.
0: Back to the phones we go. Let's get our next call in on your Tony Basilio show on a Friday. And I want to thank uh, Coach Henderson for sitting in for Coach Sonny Smith today. Hello and welcome in.
1: I want everybody to buy my book, too. Oh, bye <laughs> very good. I,
19: I got a question for Coach Henderson.
0: All right, Coach.
19: Hey, Coach um, – you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, coaches in college basketball that's, um, you know, their sons get jobs. When do you think and what kind of job do you think SF Pearl's going to get one day?
1: Uh, I, I I would think that uh, he will probably uh, be a bouncer on the strip somewhere would be my guess.
0: There is no more strip.
19: What do you make of well, his antics on, on that the makes sideline, sense. Coach? Do you watch him?
0: Coach, do you like his antics on the sidelines, Coach?
1: Uh, I, I do not particularly like uh, Stephen's antics on the sideline. Uh, if there was ever anyone uh, that was born on third base and thought they hit a triple, I think it was probably Stephen.
19: I mean, what do you think he's? Ta- do you actually think he believes he's coaching? When he's up there just waving his arms around, coach, and screaming—I mean, what do you think
1: he's saying? You know, I'd like—I'd like to know what the players think. Boy, that's a great question. Yeah, I'd, he, he I'd might like be. A think, pretty, I'd
12: like to know what they think of his his position. He might be a probably pretty good coach. Uh, probably close to what the players thought when he entered the game when he was playing at Tennessee.
0: Jeron Maimon's not, not a fan. That's for darn sure. And you heard him on here the other night talking about it.
12: Hey Tony, you know Tony, he uh, won't be—he won't be standing on top of a bar spraying champagne in the air. Oh this year. my
0: gosh, that thing last year was the most out of control. Steven F. and Pearl, and then the way they went and just crashed out in the second round—that Miami bunch. Go ahead, Breeder. I'm Even sorry.
19: On a more, uh, mo- on a more serious note, I wanted to uh, kind of echo what most people are saying about uh, thanking you for what you did Wednesday for Roger. I mean, it's very uh, you know your show. Is, it's re- I'm reminded of how special your show is that um, that you would do that just just open your phones up and let people people kind of remember Roger and love on him a little bit. Um, you know, I'm I remember I would call in when you would let uh, Roger do the. There's a host and deal at the end of the show, which is always which is always great. I'd call in and say something, you know, out of bounds or have, you know, just just off the wall, and he would just say, uh, he'd say, "Don't say that, Lambert. Don't say that, buddy." He he was just like the better angel. I was trying to figure out why why I was so emotional with this all week, and it was he was like he was kind of like the better angel on all of our shoulders, trying to get us. You know, to not say the crazy things, to do the right thing, and show kindness to everyone, and and um, and I think that's why. I mean, for me personally, that's why I felt the loss in just such a just a huge, huge, hugely personal way. Um,
0: yeah, a dear friend of mine called today, and we we cried. You know, and uh, I've had a million cries this week about that guy, and I I didn't. I know. You know, and. I had somebody text me a a little while ago, listener of the show, and he said, Tony, I just want you to know this thing's profoundly uh, MP3, Uh, Keith Garrison. uh, He says, "Uh, Tony, this this thing has profoundly, profoundly impacted me this week. I am just so sad about it. And I said, yeah. I said, this has been the weirdest week because it's been both really sad and really beautiful all at once. And I just Yeah,
19: it's just you know, it's been a roller coaster, man. It's been an absolute roller coaster. I mean, that article John Adams
0: wrote, that article John Adams wrote today, it's just, it's beautiful, man. I mean, what can you say? Yeah, I just, you know,
19: I hope, I hope Roger, I know he's up there. I hope he can look down and see, you know, how much how much love people had for him. You know, it's always a the shame we should have wrapped him as, you know. I mean, you you embraced him, We did. I mean, that's, you know, that's, We did though.
0: You that's know one we of did. The
19: greatest thing
0: yeah, we all did. You loved on you him. You don't. You, you don't them. want
19: me to bust on the on the on the. On the no, we're road, not going to do that. I know, you, I know we're not. But Tony, the way you opened your arms to Roger, it was. Um, I love you for that. I really do. I well,
0: really do. It's it's sweet of you to say, and I I appreciate you. Thank you, buddy. All right, buddy. Thank you. You know the the thing about the thing about Roger and Lambert. He, he would go. Well, why does Lambert say that? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, Tony.
1: I've thought a lot this week about just how overcome we've all been. Yeah. Um, and uh, the only thing, the only thing I can come to is Roger. Whether it was his, whether it was his fandom, his friendship, his loyalty his love or his faith, he was completely unconditional in all of those things. And the rest of us are just incapable of that. I know. And we're, we're in awe of that. Uh, that's, that's almost like heaven right here on this earth. And I think that that's what we were also overcome and we're all going to miss so much about Roger, um, Now, his, you know, his from a fandom standpoint, it frustrated a lot of us that he was that way. You know, (laughs) Roger would say, uh, no, we don't we don't need to fire. He's a good coach. He's smart. He's smart. smart. And and we uh, we need to give him more time. We need to let this play out. You know, with Roger. No, he's not a good coach. It's not going to get better, and the LP has completely played out, and the needle is over there scratching the label off. There is, We're not letting this. It's played out.
0: It's done. <laughs> well, you know, that my, yeah, my brother texted me today, uh, my brother Richard from uh, Pennsylvania, and he read that article, you know. He said, I love the part where you ask him on the air, do you believe you or Jimmy? He said, and the guy says, Jimmy. He said, that is just incredible. And the thing is, the thing about Roger was, I'm telling you, that that's where I told you Dan, that one day I was riding him around, and he looked at me, you got a source, you got a source. What's your source? I said, Roger, the guy you're asking for a source, you're like 10 miles from your house right now, buddy, and you're urinating him off. Don't, don't be asking the guy that's giving you a ride for his source, you clown. And the great thing about Raj was, is that he loved poking at us, Bino. He got He got in the, and that's when he would really, he enjoyed the fact that we liked him enough to kind of pick at him and sort of let him in. Which is really cool when you stop and think about it. Oh, yeah, we didn't treat yeah. him fragilely. We did not treat him fragilely. We treated him like he was one of us, like he was just one of us in here, and it kind of like brian said Brian said in that article, you know, he just kind of came out of a shell, and it just kind of shined through and um you know the other thought about him, and then we'll go back to the phones. How much of this world people you know bring you peace? How much of the world brings you peace? There's not a lot of peace in this world. Not a lot of people that bring peace. Roger's one of them. Roger's one of them. There's just not a lot of peace in this world. It's just not. You know, if you're looking to this world for your peace, you're going to have a nice, long look. Because there's very little of it. And and, that's, and that left us. I'm sad to say. Let's go back to the phones. 25 past the hour. Hello and welcome in.
14: Hey, Tony TNT. What's going on?
0: Hey, man? TNT. Welcome in, brother.
14: no good to hear from you, man. Been a long time. Uh,
0: yeah, thank you, TNT. Good to hear you. Great to hear your voice, uh, man.
14: I uh, just wanted to let you indulge me a few minutes on some Rod stories. They go back a long way, always. Man, Rod's through you. I remember, uh, it's probably about four or five months ago, I was at Shawnees on Broadway leaving. Roger and another gentleman walked in, and uh, I turn around. The manager, I was paying that time. I said, what's going on, Roger? You ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, talking, yeah you know how you talk. And I said, ticket's on me, these two guys. And I, and they ladies went to see them, and that manager goes, man, that's awful nice of you. no, sir, you're going to regret me paying for this one.
13: <laughs> so when
14: I come back in, I guess about a week or two later, he said, that guy that could put more through the way than anybody has ever seen in my life. That was Roger, man, and he always had a smile. And I heard about this week. I messaged being you know, on Twitter about it, and, uh, and when I think about it, man, I just smile because Roger always had a smile, always. And and Tony, you tormented that. You tried. You were like Perry Mason. You were like anybody a lawyer. You tried your dog on us. To get Rogers to say something negative about the University of Tennessee. Couldn't get him. 13th. Uh, you could
0: not. No, I couldn't crack him. It. <laughs> now, I could aggravate him, but I couldn't crack him. No way. <laughs> the only guy that he ever said anything negative about was Pruitt. That's how big of a loser Pruitt was, Really? Being I didn't
12: know, that. I yep. He parted And he Pruitt. didn't say anything about Pruitt until he was proven to be a. Uh, break NCAA rules. Right. He called in really, really, That's really, when he turned
0: on Pruitt. He called in really, really upset, saying, why'd he lie? Why'd he lie? And I said, Roger, I don't know. I guess because he's a bammer.
14: And you know that cut him hard. Huh? There's nobody that walks the face. I, I don't know of anybody that has walked the face of this earth that loves UT sports more than Rod. Oh, no. There ain't one. Oh no. So um, I appreciate you guys letting me take time to share that little memory about Raj. Uh, real quick on Josh yeah. Young, I, you know, I agree with Tony. I seen us beat that man like a stray dog, and he just kept coming back. I don't care about his size, but his ability and his heart, and he's a Bama quarterback. But, I mean, I call him, I can That guy's going to be a winner in the NFL, my
13: people. You know,
0: he's like five. They measured him, and he's barely 5'10", Bino. Is that a concern of yours, Bino?
1: Yeah, his his size is is a concern for me. Uh, maybe not so much his height, as just
0: his weight. I agree with that. You know, the thing Jalen Hurts has, who's a smaller guy, is mm-hmm. he's got that ginormous trunk, and he's able to, I mean, squat, close to 700 pounds, which is kind of crazy how strong he is. But that's the thing those other two Bama quarterbacks, Tua, who's just gotten that poor guy a lot better in the NFL I ever thought he would be. But the poor guy has just gotten so beat up. He needs to get out of it while he's healthy. He needs to count his blessings and count his money. Easy for me to say, but he needs to get out of that uh, so before to, it's too late. You,
14: but how do you – I mean, out of those three QBs and what – I didn't watch yeah. Bama a lot, but what games I watched of young
0: Oh right, great player.
14: How, how, can, how can you make up that heart, man? I mean, the kid never I mean, I'm giving him props. I yep. watched the game, we beat him this year. Yep. He never once laid down, yep. never once quit, and son, he took some hits from us. And he just kept coming. Uh I just you best, know, maybe, best
0: performance in Neyland Stadium, maybe that stadium's ever seen. In a okay, loss. Kept coming, guys, man. Thank uh, you, what
14: t- Tony. What day is that on over at Epstallet?
0: It's Sunday. T- it's Sunday night over okay. on Pleasant Ridge. And what times it begin, Brian? Did I say five? Uh, I, I think, think yeah, 6:30. five and then
12: six thirty. Uh, five to six
0: thirty. Yeah, it's gonna be a. I-, I would say it's gonna be a long line, and and okay. this radio family and folks from all over the area are gonna get there and show that family how how loved that guy was, and he was loved, yeah. man. he touched a lot of people.
14: Well, guys, I'll see you Sunday, hopefully. If we don't yes, get sir. The crowd. All right. God bless y'all.
0: God hey, bless Dino, you, I'll talking to you,
12: man. See you. Old TNT. Um, update, uh, UNC Asheville, the number one seed in the Big South Conference, and Drew Pember, they have rallied to take a 1917 lead over Charleston Southern in the a, a Big South Conference tournament in Charlotte.
0: Rallied to take a 1917 lead?
12: So they yeah, they on. were down 11 nothing and Pembroke oh. has 9 points. They're up 19-17
0: now. You know, you uh you know, you got drugged a lot for coming on here and talking about what a great outside shooter that kid was and what a tremendous offensive talent he was. You've been um you've been vindicated, man.
1: It's a t- well, I I don't know if he just found his level Tony or if he or, or if he's matured to the point. But, uh, I mean, he does everything for them. block shots, he's, rebounds, shoots inside, shoots outside. I yeah. know he probably couldn't do that in this league, but uh, he he just had a European-style game that I, I thought, after a couple of years, might be pretty good. Didn't work out here, but I'm glad it's worked out for him elsewhere.
0: Yet another one of these guys that's left that's flourished. Growing list of them. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in to our next call on your Basilio show on Friday. Hello.
18: Hello. Hi. Hey, it's Lisa from Raleigh. Oh,
0: hey, how you doing, Lisa? Lisa, Always good to hear your voice.
18: Hey, yeah, I've been trying to call in for days, but you guys have been swamped. That's Bino. That's Bino's attraction. Yep. My heart is broken. I know. I can't believe it. Poor. I, I mean, everybody's been calling in with these like eloquent, lovely tributes, and it's just been oh my goodness. Um, I was so glad that I got to me and Steve and Lana got to meet um Roger when you were at um Calhoun's on the river.
0: Yes, yes, ma'am.
18: And we we were like obviously now we, we were going to get a picture with me and Roger but i think he was eating or something <laughs> and we we're getting ready to leave and i was like oh we'll get it next time but yeah. obviously we won't be able to so i i regret not you know getting a picture with him but when i met him that day i gave him a hug Aww. and you know it was just so nice to finally meet him in person and um my daughter lana knows him through the radio only, and for his birthday that one year, we went and got him, like, Bojangle, you know, gift cards and stuff. And so, when I told her that he had passed, she was like, no, that can't be, no. I mean, she she just knows him, you know, very peripherally, just from the radio, and she was like, oh, my goodness. So, I mean, he, he just has had such a, you know, an effect on so many people, and uh, the funniest thing was when I called in that one time and we were going, on um, between, you know, with me versus the Heather thing. And that was just, I, I never laughed so much. That was the funniest thing ever during that phone call. <laughs> I'll
0: tell you one thing about Raj that, that I kind of love is he loved his women, Beano. <laughs> right? Roger's so serious about his women now. Right, Beanstar? Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, Lisa, and and
1: I. I any contest that we, Tony would let Roger pick winners a contest, and if a lady called in, all the guys that called in had zero shot, no shot again. Zero. That's right. I remember that now. He loved it. He's like, oh, no, I'm picking, you know, so-and-so. Yeah, and
18: you're right, it was whatever woman called.
0: You got it. And he told me, he said, he called me uh, one day after you called, after we put you guys on together, he Uh goes, you you have a picture of her? You picture oh. her. You picture her. I uh, said, so Roger, she used to be a cheerleader with the with the Nets, New Jersey Nets. But is really?
13: really? <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: so he, great. I mean, it's just so great. A
5: lo- oh, just, he, what a character. He was
18: so funny. I mean, I loved when you all went back and forth when he'd always say, i let it play out, and he, you know, was trusting Jimmy Himes over you. Yes. I mean, he was so funny funny i mean i used to like sit here i work from home and just giggle out loud because it was just so funny
0: yeah it was a lot
18: lot of good times
0: and 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 we savored that kid. we savored that kid that's the way i look at it we savored him and uh, celebrated him
18: oh yeah he was so well loved Yep. he really was and still is yep but i just wanted to call in and you know give my two cents i'm glad i finally got through and um, tomorrow I think we're going to kick some butt. I really do. I just think the um, seniors are going to rally and that it's going to be a really good game. I'm very positive about this.
0: Two o'clock tip Eastern time. We'll yeah. be on. Thank you, Lisa. Great, right. great talking to you, sweetie. With Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime. As soon as that one concludes. And Bino Jeff Henderson, I think she's, uh, I think she's right. I think it's going to be a really interesting basketball game. They're without one of their key players in Cardwell, who I want to call Caldwell all the time. And uh, Tennessee, obviously, without ZZ Stop And how much can Key go? And Key might be the key in honor of uh, Roger's weekend. What's the key? <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see
1: which Auburn team shows up, Tony. But I, I have to believe that uh, that uh, Bruce is going to have them ready to play. They're the more desperate of the two teams. Both teams uh, have uh, coming off a game where they, they've they lost a the player to injury. Um, I, I, it, it's going to be a difficult task for Tennessee tomorrow. It would be a really, really solid win to well, get in that.
12: How much desperation do you think Tennessee will come out with, knowing that they maybe need to win to get the double bye?
0: That's right, Brian.
1: I, that, um, I don't think that double bye means as much to them as it does to us. I really don't. Uh, I, I I I think Auburn has the higher incentive, teetering there on the edge of the NCAA tournament by far uh, than one game. I, I'm not sure that Tennessee wouldn't. I, I know they're tired, but especially trying to get prepared, uh, kind of readjusted here. Uh, uh, to learning what they're going to do without uh, without Zakai, I'm not sure they wouldn't prefer that extra game.
0: Back to the phones we go, which is a really sneaky good point from Bino, mm. which if we lose, I might have to bring up that it might be a blessing for them to get a little run-up and uh, 40 more minutes of basketball without him. Back to our phones we go. Hello and welcome in. How are my
19: friends and
7: compatriots
0: doing today? Hey, Dubs.
7: Caduce, the John Adams article, Caduce. that's
0: one of the best articles he's ever written. Ah, uh, it's crazy. You know? Yeah, I told him, I was just like, and, it's uh, crazy.
7: I, I, I look at Roger as the unconditional love. His unconditional love is the glue that held the Tony Basilio family together. Yep. Um, I, I really think that. Yep. And uh, like a, You're, it's too, you're, it's you're too, like the crazy it's, uncle. It's,
0: you're like one of my crazy yeah. uncles, but go ahead. <laughs> It's too bad that
7: Auburn's not playing us at home. In memory of Roger, we could have delivered 100 chicken wings to Bruce Pearl on the bench.
0: Oh, we could have had T.R. call in his hotel room like he called uh, Charles Barkley. Tr's told that story yeah. when, when uh, they would call Barkley in the middle of the night and mess with him.
7: Yeah, I was there the day Barkley got the pizza. He just laughed about it and kind of waved at the students. It was Always funny.
0: Always was a great spirit, wasn't he?
7: He, he really was. And, and Bino, I got an idea your book might be called Keep Your Cup Handy.
0: That's a great – now, that would be a great Monday show topic is what do we title Bino's book? Because now Coach Henderson's <laughs> written a book now. What would we title it? That's good, W. Lynn. I like that. But I, I'm
7: kind of with Bino. I kind of feel bad about this game tomorrow just because Auburn's so desperate. Yep. They're like a wounded animal. Yep. And uh, I kind of think the SEC wants to get as many teams in the tournament as possible. And uh, if we beat Auburn and they lose in the first round in the tournament, I'm not sure they'll make it.
0: Well, NASCAR fans back in the day used to call it getting the call. And I wonder if Auburn gets the call tomorrow. And that the call is when they take that restrictor plate when you're on the big track. And yours is a little little bit, little bit bigger, which allows more air to flow through there, which means you're the fastest truck car on the track by far. And tomorrow, well, we'll see in the first five minutes how the game's officiated because one or two things is going to happen. Because Pearl's going to come into that game, and he's going to freak out early on, and are they going to team yeah. him up, and are they going to, um, or are they going to let, the teams play and let Tennessee uh if they let the teams play and let Tennessee mug and hold and grab like Alabama did to his his bunch here day it'll be yeah. a long day for him because they shot 63 percent from three-point range made 12 three balls in a college basketball game and still lost here tonight that's how bad the officiating was against them
7: oh it was terrible at the end oh. I watched a lot of wrestling you know like and, wrestling that's yeah. what it looked like yeah yeah now I I have Vescovi as our number one point guard. Who would y'all have as number
0: two? Well, what they're going to do is they're going to run a myriad of guys. They're going to let Key play there. They're going to let Triple J play there. And I think they're going to let uh, the kid that showed the other night, who we we didn't think was capable of doing it, but I think they're going to let Meshack play there some as well. I think they're going to go three or four guys and see what happens. Reno, what do you
7: think?
0: You
1: know, well, Tony's right. I think I think this is point guard by committee from here on out.
7: And and what I'm worried about too is I think Auburn. I don't know how much they've done it this year, but he might put a full court press on us, just yep. like a madman. Yep. And we're going to have to have all the players help get the ball up court.
0: And that's you and know? none of those guys are what I'd call great ball handlers. And uh W Lynn, right. thank you for the call. So yesterday we had a guy on that knows the knows the deal, Mark Murphy. He's a great basketball mind as well. And uh Mark said that in his humble opinion, um Auburn's gone trap ten- <clears throat> they're gonna trap Tennessee all over the place tomorrow. He said that's what you'll say. And you know, you play that thing it is uh what, twenty twenty five hours from now, twenty five and a half hours. You play that thing forward. Think about it. They're probably going to uh, when you get right down to it, they create a few turnovers in that building and it starts rolling downhill on you, you can forget about it. And it could turn out to be that kind of game. Cause that state that if we start turning the ball over, Bino in that environment without our point guard and they're and they're trapping us all over the place the advantage is going to have is length and the ability to throw over those traps unless they use the Flanagan kid in certain spots and they have a few athletes they could they could throw out there if they wanted to uh if they wanted to trap some
1: yeah Tony I think your guest said you know kind of went against the the straight press but he did say you could see a lot of three quarter and half court traps yeah uh, and and he, he's right, you know, generally Wendell Green and K D. Johnson aren't are just aren't tall enough for a real good press. People just throw over the top of them, but uh trapping's a different thing. So uh yeah, Tennessee will have to really, really value the basketball and take care of it tomorrow.
0: You know what? Conversely, it'd be it'd be kinda of fun to see Tennessee do that with their length. It'd be fun to see Tennessee trap them a little bit. Amen. You
12: know I, I agree. Now that you have the height advantage. Couldn't they? I think they kind of did that with Arkansas somewhat.
0: That's correct. Well, you have the a height advantage. Bit. Arkansas couldn't complete a pass, could not complete a pass in the half court once Tennessee got all the big people in. Tennessee, and having Phillips and Mayshack on the floor at one time is almost unfair in a college game, the way the college game's officiated. Those long arm guys grabbing everybody, getting in every lane, bogging every passing lane down, and you could see that going forward, which which could make Tennessee. I'm not being a sheep here, but it could make them a tough out in the big tournament. It really could. Back to boys,
1: this has gone long. I, I I just really love both Mayshak and Iwaka. Yep, love the way that they play. Yep, you know both of those guys need uh, in both of their games. It's imperative that they, in this offseason, get to where they can walk to the free-throw line and make a free-throw. Because both of them, that's going to be a huge part of how effective they are going forward for us.
0: Gary Johns has an idea for packaging, Beano, for your book. I'm, I'm I'm sure this will be uh, right up there at the top of the intellectual chart. All right, hit me. It's going to include crayons. <laughs> Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hello and welcome into our next call.
13: Hey, guys. It's Paulie. Hey, Paul. Uh, it's been an emotional week. I'm kind of mentally preparing myself for Sunday, so I'm going to make this a, back to my normal one of my normal sports calls. Which means Rick
0: Barnes is going to get ripped. So go ahead.
13: I've got, I got a couple questions. Uh one is from the show yesterday. The the thing that we love about Pearl and Vitello is he'll go to bat for his kids, like when he really needs to. Yeah, that that's kind of like what Bruins did for Lamonte, Turner and Phillips, isn't it?
0: What did you say? Kind of like who did? What are you saying?
13: Kind of like uh, him going to the press after the Purdue game and saying Turner on a questionable call.
0: Oh, come um, on, man. That's not fair. But, you know, Bruce, Br- Bruce, per- Bruce Pearl's whole M.O., he could not be more radically different than Rick Barnes, could he be? No, those two guys couldn't be more different. It's not possible for two people to be more different. No,
1: no, uh from uh, outwardly supporting uh, your 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 players, uh, kind of wearing whatever school you're at... Uh, allegiance on your
0: sleeve. Show of emotion. And, and, and Paul's much more of a self-promoter than Barnes. That's and, right. That's right. But Paul, don't want to hear that.
13: that. The second thing is yesterday uh, also were, we're thinking about giving him slack in the tournament because Ziggler went down. Well, why would we give him slack when he had four or five months? develop a battle in blowout games and never never did So why are we giving
0: them... There's no question that's true. I just... I, yeah. I
13: don't understand And that they also- had a
0: mis-evaluation and a couple of mis-additions. The, the thing about the transfer portal is is that... And there's a great article I linked to at the bottom of the blog today at Team in our link section. Of the top 100 players... There's a handful of guys who have made contributions this year. handful. Really, Phillips this year, Phillips is on the high end in terms of the contribution meter, believe it or not, because some people are disappointed in the year he's had and whatever. I'm just telling you, based on the rest of college basketball, because what's happened to the sport is, it's become a sport where the transfers are the ones getting the rub when they walk onto these teams. So that said... Tennessee had an opportunity last year. They had Uri Collins locked up. They could have gotten him. They could have been gangsta and taken him. But behind the scenes, Barnes was, Rick Barnes was called by Travis Ford. This happened. And he acquiesced to the pressure and backed off. And Because that, that guy was signed, sealed, delivered. That guy was coming here. And if he would have come here, this would have been a national championship team. That's potentially. That's just I the think, truth. I think...
13: I think another thing also yeah. is that the guy, and yeah, he, he's he's had a great career, and he he's stubborn like all coaches are. Yeah. But I think about a month and a half ago that he he's so prideful that he heard that he heard the stuff from from the public about BJ. I'm a th- i honestly think he was afraid to put him in, and it, if he did have success, everyone would be.
0: Oh no, Barnes! I I do Now you, listen, I love you, but you're obsessed with the guy, and you're out of here. Thanks for the call. Bino, this guy's obsessed. I mean, are these people obsessed with Barnes. Do they realize what we could have as a basketball coach if we didn't have him?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Tony, you know, Barnes is not everyone's style. He's not, again, he checks very few boxes for me with yeah. the exception of the major one. And that's he gets us to the tournament year in, year out. I'm a much yes. bigger supporter of Bruce's style right. and Bruce's persona than I am Rick Barnes. But this year, if you look at the two, uh, has Barnes underachieved from what this team probably should have been?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, especially in conference play. Yes. Uh, but not as much as Bruce is
0: underachieved with that Auburn bunch. And I'm not going to stand for that gentleman referring to him as Rick Bruins. Would you all please cut that out?
8: (laughs) This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.
20: Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohee Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble.
17: This is Jack Cobb with Murray
1: County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.
0: So we are heading toward a, ladies and gentlemen, TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime, because we have a ton of people on hold that want to get in. In the meantime, let's go to our phones. Bino has an incredible story to tell us on the TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime. I've got another remembrance of roger another little scenario we cooked up it was impromptu one of our food discussions on here that somebody reminded me of and and you won't talk about a guy that came on the air hot and mad at me and mad at us a a a guy that was having none of it so to speak uh so we'll make you laugh a little bit we'll we'll make you laugh and giggle a little bit but uh, in the meantime, let's go back to the phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. You're on your Basilio edition, Friday. Hello.
1: And I think the more you prodded him about it, the madder he got. Uh,
13: but I mean, Lord, he lo- he loves chicken nuggets like everybody oh. I think I, I mean, uh, whoo. Poor Matt. 50.
0: Poor Matt Turpin still trying to dig out from that lunch over at Calhoun's on the river. Me and Bino watched. Started started with a steak and ended with about three courses. Gracious. It was a eating decathlon. And then he walked up to me and said he wanted dessert. And I said, Roger, you ain't getting any Because de- I took him home that day. I said, you're not getting any dessert. You just ate four entrees. Goodness it's, gracious. It's,
13: it's like I like I said yesterday when I, when I talked to you. Uh,
1: I mean, I thought I was an eater. No. Oh, yes. i I, I was even.
13: I, I was in. I was in the in the sandlot leagues compared to him. Yes. This we guy was in the Kobayashi.
0: Him. This guy's a, in the uh, Joey Chestnut league. No yeah. doubt.
14: I mean, I, I'd have loved to. I'd have loved to see him and Joey Chestnut go at it yes. mano a mano with hot dogs.
0: No doubt about
1: it.
14: <laughs> hey Bino, I got a
1: question for you. Who's been the better coach this year in
0: basketball? Jerry Stackhouse or Rick Barnes? Oh, this guy, another one. Oh, I, I, don't, just, I mean, from asking. what they've done with
1: what they have, it. I think it probably has to be, uh, you know, it'd have to be Stackhouse. But, uh, you know, I guess the question is, what would Stackhouse do with a more talented well, group no,
0: that we haven't seen the, put together? The question is, why doesn't Stackhouse have a better lineup? Let me help you out with that.
4: Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars.
20: This is Dr. Mike Steele. Tune in to American Steele, a weekly discussion of topics and events related to the challenges in our world. Listen as we examine the path to relevance and truth in our society and culture. You can catch the show on 101.7 WKOM at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Also, we can be found online at WKOM Radio or on Twitter at WKOM WKRM. See you on Sunday
15: all right welcome back everybody this is T welly and I've got our very favorite grocer mr miles Johnson on the phone miles how are you today
9: oh I'm doing great how are you I'm doing
15: fantastic and as always uh, you have some great great specials for us so uh, what do you got this week coming up right now
9: all righty. well this week we have fresh ground beef 279 a pound
14: whole ribeyes 4.99 a pound strawberries two for four bago soft drink two liters four for five and Dasani water for 5.99 but we also have a special Going on right now while supplies last beef tenderloins nine ninety nine a pound for a whole tender and ten ninety nine a pound for the filet wow well, what
15: a great deal that is uh, people need to come in and get that and as you said that's while supplies last so people need to hurry over and again as always you guys are seven days a week 7 a.m to 9 p.m right there in west 7th street so uh, you have a great day and a great week and again thank you and thank all the great people that work there and uh, we'll talk to you next week okay all righty thank you